Well, this was a last-minute surprise that I am here with you today. The uh, unfortunate thing is that it's not all that geared to the young people. So if they fidget, walk around or something. Don't worry about them, okay? Um, but I'm not very good at suddenly changing a whole sermon. I admit my failings. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for our own families, uh, for our church family, and for the wide family of Christ across the world that we enjoy, that we are able to flourish in, and that you have headed up for us. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. So even before I checked which readings had been chosen for today's sermon on family, I was sure one would have been the rather perplexing passage that uh, Martha so beautifully read for us today. Your mother and brothers are outside looking for you. Who are my mother and brothers? They're here. Whoever does God's will is my brother, my sister, and mother. Of course, you know that Jesus was telling the assembled crowd that whilst he loves his family, love for kin is not the only rich family relationship that we can enjoy. Relationships through blood and inheritance alone, whilst valuable and precious, are not the only bonds that add real value to our lives and our experience of God because we are brothers and sisters in Christ. Now, many of us will have had a good family where we have been nurtured and supported. Sometimes we are frustrated with them, but love conquers all. Others, sadly, have not had the same joy in their families. But today we are talking about something different, about being family within the church and facing outside difficulties securely because we are strong in our bond with other members of the church that we all love. But first, let's go back to our life within a family. What might we have experienced and then passed on to the next generation? There are many things, but I've looked at a few. There's welcoming and mourning, teaching, support, sharing and caring, intimacy and understanding, and truthfulness. They're all connected and bound together in love. Now, most babies are longed for and welcomed into the family. We know they are the most special gift, reliant totally on those who have responsibility for their well-being. At first, they give nothing, and at this stage, receive everything. At the other end of life, we mourn the departure from this, this world of those who have shared all or part of our existence, 
those who have imparted their wisdom and knowledge with us, passed on their particular skills to the next generation. Within a family, we all learn. First to walk and then run, to speak a language and communicate, to make wise judgments and learn to be useful members of society. I hope you young people are learning all this. There's rarely any possibility of hiding the truth about our true nature. Most parents encourage their children to be happy and to live well. We play and tease and are corrected when we take an unwise path. We stand by each other with encouragement and, best of all, with sympathy. We know each other in an intimate way. Do any of you watch the repair shop? Mm. After the nine o'clock service, some people were telling me they were going to check in. They'd never seen it before. Can you imagine? <clears throat> but you know who have answered what I mean when I say that despite little Christian content, the people who work there exhibit all the best of a sharing community. Different ages, gender, ethnicity, and of course, skills. They help one another to achieve wonderful outcomes. There is always laughter and often tears. No one shows off or thinks their work is the best. Above all, they show empathy, patience, and real kindness to the people who bring their broken treasures and painful memories to be put back together. They restore things, but they also help to heal people in the repair shop. If I was starting a new career, I'd like to work in that sort of environment. Jesus' family had come to see their eldest son, who had recently started a new career. It must have felt perplexing that he had abandoned his home and a flourishing family business for the life of an itinerant preacher. To them, he will seem to have thrown away security and that support and intimacy that we experience in the family group. Therefore, I don't believe it was curiosity so much as loving concern that brought Mary and Jesus' brothers to find him. Perhaps having heard how he was being accused by the Jewish officials of bad teaching, even to have an unclean spirit, they must have been very worried. But it is very clear, Jesus' understanding of who constituted his family had little to do with flesh and blood. The key line of this passage is, whoever does God's will is my brother, my sister, my mother. 
Jesus' words, as recorded in Matthew 10, are even stronger. Jesus is outlining to his new disciples and any who would follow him that life will not be easy. They must go out and proclaim that the kingdom of God is near. If people don't listen, move on. You will be like sheep among wolves. If your father or other members of your household do not love me, they will be your enemy. You will be hated, arrested, but saved because your soul will not be destroyed. It's all tough reading. Not encouraging as a sort of job description, but everything that Jesus told them was manifestly true, and this opposition to the gospel did not end with the disciples. There has been a long history of trauma, pain, and loss throughout the centuries to this very day. Thankfully, apart from potential scorn or a few jokes, we rarely suffer in following our faith. But there are many benefits along with a few responsibilities involved in loving our church as family. I think those elements that I spoke of at the beginning are a start. We are likely to receive much, but others will need us to be loving family members to them. First, welcome and mourning. It's nothing new to be reminded that newcomers to our church, whether new to the area or new in faith, will learn much from our early response to them. I was reading an account of an amazing welcome the people of the small island of Gander in Newfoundland gave to nearly 8,000 people who literally descended from the sky on that terrible day, 9-11. With no warning, their community virtually doubled in size. But the people of Gander set to and went to extraordinary lengths to welcome, reassure, comfort, feed, and accommodate the diverted people from their own limited resources and without prior knowledge. Here at church, welcoming requires a genuine willingness to include the newcomer into the family of God, to make room for them. It is so easy to be comfortable with our friends and forget how strange we might have felt as a stranger in town or seeker after faith. But Jesus said, anyone who welcomes you welcomes me. A church is exactly like a family in the variation of ages, and this brings us to the great biblical knowledge and life experience from our older members, which we sometimes fail to benefit from. We can learn much 
receive understanding and comfort from those who have been through their own difficulties. They've seen it all before. I have often had the reassurance of being prayed for by people whose active lives are over, but that is their job in the family. We should realize how blessed we are to learn and grow within a family of believers, but in due course, there will be mourning for our brothers and sisters in Christ whose time has come, even though we trust in the promise of that glorious future for them. Intimacy and truthfulness might seem like an obviously important characteristic of being of the family of God. But when someone at church last asked you how you were, did you just say, fine, when actually you felt lonely, wretched, were waiting for a medical test result, or concerned about someone else? I've heard it this morning already. Likewise, do we accept that the answer of fine, even though we can see a different story on the face before us, or do we overburden the kindness of others with a tirade of woes every time we see them? It's very tricky, isn't it? And we are not perfect people. But Jesus said, even the giving of a cup of water to someone in need is giving to him. We have different gifts, and some may be givers, others encouragers, teachers, and so on. But our main role in the family of God is to work for the coming of his kingdom. Where we are, and with all the tools we have acquired, as we ourselves have grown and matured as a child of God, brother of Jesus, in the family, in the church. We have been flooded with heartbreaking pictures of Afghan parents handing their children over the airport wall to our soldiers. Take him, take her, so they will live. Save them for a better life. I will die, but I want life for my child. It reminded me that our father was prepared to suffer and die, sacrificing his son that we might live. So as we come to the end of this summer reflection, and children, I'm coming to the end of this as well, don't worry. As we come to the end of this reflection on loving our church, we will all have paused and thought again of all the benefits and responsibilities of being part of such a special family. People of God, his flock and body. 
in particular part of the Church of Christ here in Chesham, but also as full members of the worldwide family of God by supporting our persecuted cousins in other lands. Being welcoming, nurturing, teaching, and encouraging the young in faith to grow. Being understanding and caring when things are difficult. And giving words of correction if necessary. I'm sure it never happens here. Doing God's will as Jesus asked in Mark 3. Mourning those we have loved, but also rejoicing as they leave us to claim their place with our eternal Father. Amen. And thank you for letting me speak to you today. And children, you were magnificent.